What is up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of the Strangers by Coincidence podcast, season one. I am your host, Brock. And on this week, I had a very talented and funny individual by the name of Joe Schlotman, a.k.a. Orange Soda, a very talented EDM artist that's coming up here in the scene of Minneapolis. We talked about a lot of things and personal stories, um, but I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Make sure you stay tuned on all socials at Is That Brock. And yeah, every Friday it's coming out 7 a.m. CST. Mark it on your calendars. Enjoy this episode, guys. Your what? Shakira. With my hips. <laughs> well, hips don't lie. Oh, you got that? Oh, <laughs> We're going. Bastard. We're going. <laughs> All right. So how about let's just start it off by uh, just a basic intro. Who are you? What you're about? What your fetishes are? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm Joe. Uh, I grew up in, in the suburbs of Minneapolis, out in Otsego, west side. Um... Grew up in high school, pretty, fuck. I mean, it's pretty basic shit at the end of the day. I went to high school, except for the fact, oh, I was a rapper. <laughs> there was oh, that. The yeah, way. let me run it back actually really quick. <laughs> high school as a whole was a pretty genuine, generic experience, but being a rapper in high school, that was something else. That's a whole different story. Yeah, I can't relate, but yeah, that's pretty dope. <laughs> uh, what do you go by? Uh, when, I was, when I was rapping, I was schlotty, but just recently I started making... EDM music and getting into producing and DJing and I changed my name to Orange Soda. And so I guess like how did that name come about too? <laughs> That's actually I was thinking for so long because I wanted to change my name when I got into EDM music. I started mostly keen towards dubstep and kind of like harder trap style stuff and I couldn't think of a name for the longest time and it was bothering me and then one night I was at my buddy Kobe's house just absolutely stoned out of my mind and we <laughs> and were watching you. yeah that's what i'm saying we just ripped watching a movie not paying attention at all we're talking about shit and he's like you want something to drink gets up goes to the kitchen brings me back a sun kiss and i was like oh dude i fucking love orange soda and orange is my favorite color and I literally stopped and I looked at him <laughs> like I just saw a dead person. And he's like, what? And I'm like, bro, orange soda, but soda with a T because I'm from Minnesota. Dude, that <laughs> We just lost it and it stuck and I absolutely loved it. Because I fucking love that name. I When we first met at the, the cabin for last year's New Year's, when you said your name, I was like, holy shit, that's just so like such a genuine name. And like, I don't know, it just makes sense. You know what I mean? And it fits you, I feel like, pretty well. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, growing up, my favorite color was always orange. And my mom would always tell me that it fit my personality. And becoming, I was really like class clown kind of vibes growing up, you know, in high school. I was really loud, outgoing. I'm a Leo, too, if you believe in that shit. I do a little <laughs> bit. I'm not going to lie. Same. <laughs> I do, too. But yeah, it really kind of became, it like kind of consumed me. So like that full circle coming back to it eventually later in my life and coming up with orange soda and like really bringing the aspect of having a favorite color as a child is actually super cool. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like marketing, the marketing and it, shit like that. So Dude, it's, it's unstoppable. Like I could market anything. Yeah. Your homie that does designs, is it Jack Lauder Designs? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to him, by the way. <laughs> if yeah, he's Jack from the homeland. <laughs> um, but uh, no, he does some dope stuff because I saw like he did like the, the can design. 
I thought that was sick. Then he did like the uh, the deck design too with like the orange peels for like the discs or whatever. That shit's fucking sick. Um, yeah, the deck is super tight. The cans. The best thing about the cans is. I hadn't talked to Jack in I don't know how long. He was like he was like doing his own thing. He was in Pennsylvania for a while and like Cali before that and all this and Damn, he's up been in around. for school and shit. Yeah, his dad bounced around from Texas and Cali growing up, so he was back and forth all the time. But um I didn't I just hadn't talked to him in a while and I had started marketing this orange soda thing and then I texted him once out of the blue and I was like, Hey, if I ever made an orange soda, do you think we could design a can? Or I don't even think I was that detailed about it. Yeah. I just like hit him up and then he like responded with like a one two word answer and like I let it go for a while and then like literally a week or two later Jack Maxwell sends me a DM and he's like, Yo, this is tight and it's a Instagram post from Jack Water <laughs> and it was the can design and oh, he literally shit. just like did it and posted it and didn't even like say anything. He didn't even to me. say anything and to I you. saw it and I was like, dude, this is so tight. How did you like what? You're not even gonna yeah. send me this? This <laughs> yeah. is so sick. That's kinda cool though <laughs> that you just like found out about like about that that way though. Yeah, literally. And he like captioned it. He's like, It's about time I make an orange soda can design for dj orange soda or something like that and i was like huh yeah hell yeah <laughs> that's sick um so i guess i guess we could just dive like right into the whole dj and edm stuff so like how did you i guess let's start like how did your like taste in music like come about like were you not like originally into edm like what were you like first into and like where you are now yeah no never i was like i grew up I mean, I grew up watching my dad play the drums, so I had an instant into, like, rock and stuff like that. Okay. I started playing the drums when I was really young, and then I got in a band, and I played the trumpet for, like, two years. What? I didn't know that. Dude, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I literally wanted to play percussion, and I tried out for band in, like, sixth grade, and that was kind of the beginning of my music taste as a whole. I Actually, my number one beginning, like, in my life that I ever had a genuine music taste was on the way to daycare when I was like literally like three and four years old, my dad would always play the Britney Spears album. Oh, really? <laughs> literally the whole thing. So it was like a 30 minute drive. He'd play the whole thing through there and he'd pick us up, play the whole thing on the way back. I couldn't believe it. Cause I was always like That's watching so him sick. play super hard drums and all this. Rock yeah. And, roll. and then it's just Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah. He just busts out the Britney Spears CD. I'm like, Hey man, we all got our guilty pleasures. Okay, I'm here for it. So rock was the first genre that you got into. What were like some like bands or like artists that you were like listening to at that time? Uh, at that point, I really was keying in on my parents. I mean, I listened to a lot of like, you can hate me if you want because society has built a hate for this group, <laughs> even though they're gods. Okay, I listened to a lot of Nickelback. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> I said it. The internet hates Nickelback. Dude, I don't know why. There's no reason. Nobody ever answers. I'm like, why do they suck so much? They're like, I don't know. I'm like, oh, uh. <laughs> name three songs by them. Photograph. Okay, name another one. Uh, uh, yeah, that's what I thought. No, <laughs> but <laughs> go off. <laughs> Let yeah, them know so in the back. I keyed in on my parents. I listened to like my mom listened to a lot of like Nickelback and like old country music when it was actually country, like Garth Brooks and. This is just blowing know, my mind because just knowing you now, I would never guess. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, most people assume that. Like people that knew me when I was a rapper, they they'll like be like, "Oh, you want to listen to this song?" It's not like you might not like it. And I'm like, bro, it's pretty hard for me to not like a song at this point. Like, I'm out here playing the Baby Shark remix at shows. Like, yeah. I mean, 
But yeah, it's just I just love music, dude. My and my grandma, she was in a traveling band for like forty years playing what? piano and uh, what That's was that thing? Sick. What's the accordion? Okay, yeah, the accordion, like yeah, playing yeah. piano, accordion. My dad was playing drums for a while in the band. My grandpa so your was family in it. knows their way around instruments. Yeah, okay, I'm, my yeah. rhythm is in my blood. I'm not gonna say I earned that shit at all. I came out the womb stomping my foot to the beat. You know what I'm <laughs> That's like, sick. But that's a that's a cool aspect though. You grew up around music and Yeah. The funny thing about that is you you I grew up around all that in my family, yet the most skeptical of the music career and industry is my family. It's like the same people. Like my grandma will be super skeptical of like how am I gonna make money, how am I gonna build a future? My parents used to be a lot more skeptical. But they were always supportive. You know, they would just good. they would always question it, but they were always supportive. Like yeah. if anybody would talk trash, I know that they'd smack him in the face type shit. You <laughs> That's know? sick. Yeah, because your mom uh, comes to the shows too that you perform at. Yeah, she can. When I was when I was rapping a lot, and I'm still rapping now. It's just I've the last couple of years I've really focused on production and sound design and yeah, all that crazy. It's definitely shit. paying off. But she came to a couple of rap shows back in the day, including my first one. Um, she hasn't been to... Wait, wait, you said rap shows? Yeah. Wait, hold on. Wait, yeah, I didn't know dude, you performed I'm a rapper, rapper. Yeah. I didn't know you performed it. I thought yeah, you just dude. did, like, the SoundCloud thing and, like, put it out. I didn't know you actually performed no, sir. it. No, I was when getting we... into 21 Plus Clubs as a rapper what before I was, like, fuck? 18 years hold, hold old. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Rewind <laughs> for a second. Hold on, where was your first show at? Uh, Mill City. Mill City in the basement. I have basement. no idea where that is. Yeah, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that that show was nuts, dude, because that was my first show, and I brought up one of my buddies who, like, got me, not, like, got me into it, but one of the dudes at my high school was, like, into music, and, like, there was, like, a little group of them, and they were all, like, super accepting of me at first when I came to them, and I was like, yo, I think I can make music and shit, so I had one of them out on my first show, and I was supposed to perform at, like, 8.30, 9 o'clock, and the promoters in the club realized that I literally brought everybody there. <laughs> so they came up to me like three or four times. They're like, hey, man, we're going to push you back to like nine, you know, like 930. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I go tell my fans. They come back an hour later. They're like, hey, man, we're going to push you back to like 10 wait, o'clock. Wait, so wait, why is that? Because they wanted to continue to make money off the event by feeding the obviously oh, getting I, people to buy drinks and gotcha, shit. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Because they they were afraid that as soon as I performed, everybody was gonna leave. Because like I literally had, and I'm not gonna say it wasn't a lot of people. It was like maybe like 30 people, maybe 40 people max. But like people are gonna think it's higher, but I don't think it was that much higher. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I like literally I had like 75, 80, 90 percent of the people there. We, so we, they kept we got up Joe's sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. We got Joe's homie AJ in the in the room too. He was saying it was way more. <laughs> How many people was it, you think? <laughs> 60 70 dude, it was that's pretty, pretty f- it was pretty packed. Dude. That's pretty dope for your first show though. It was insane. I was 17. Dude, that's sick. I couldn't even legally get into that place. I thought, <laughs> I thought I you were saying like they were like trying to push it back like far enough to where it would be like um where you would have to like go home because of cur- uh, curfew and you just oh. had like the people there and they were just like like you said they were like feeding them the drinks right. and whatnot but they wanted to like get you out because of curfew. I, I don't know why that's why I was thinking it. No, yeah, but. that makes sense. No, that makes sense. But no, they just wanted to keep they wanted to keep me there. And they did that like three, four, five times. Eventually, I played it like eleven thirty midnight, and I was like, Damn. like, and I had my. I'm telling you, like my grandma was there, like my aunts were there, my mom, my dad. I kept going back to them, telling them they had to stay out later on like a fucking I don't even know like a Thursday night, <laughs> and they're Dang. like, we gotta work tomorrow, like we have a living. <laughs> we gotta. 
gotta go. Uh, I'm like, I got school in the morning. They're like, you got school, bro. What are you doing out here? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. That's sick. So, like, how did the show go? What did it go pretty well? Then? It went great, dude. I couldn't. Fuck I yeah. couldn't believe. Like, I like. I knew. Like, obviously, I had to sell all the tickets. Yeah. So, like, I knew that there was a decent amount of people coming, but I didn't expect that like reaction and yeah. and the one thing that my mind was how many words people actually knew to my music <laughs> like there's a few songs i play and like over half the crowd so is just good. spitting that shit back to me and i was like no way dude yeah. like so that was that was probably the coolest experience of that but that really kicked my ass into gear i was like okay i can do this shit like yeah. people had a good time you know so that was that was super tight. Yeah. Well, it seems like you've been like just a performer at heart then, because like obviously with what you're doing now with like the whole DJ EDM stuff, like I mean you've been performing a lot recently from what I see, which is dope. But um, what, what was I gonna say next? Uh, like what what got you into like wanting to be a, a DJ though? <laughs> Oh. Did anything like significantly happen or were you like, I really like performing rap and then you got into EDM? Like, how did that kind of go about? Yeah, well, I've always just, I've always genuinely enjoyed performing. This sounds, this was less of a performance thing, but in, I mean, it really was a performance thing at the end of the day and it's why I enjoyed it. But when I was back in middle school, I was in the church band. I was a drummer. And like, just like, I would, I don't know. I just, people have always told me my whole life, I bring it like a different level of energy to things. Yeah. And I've like made that a true. staple as to who I am. Like I'll tell people at shows all my time, all the time. I'll be like, I dare you to try and have as much fun as I'm about to have. Like, cause That's I'm about so to have sick. a whole hell of a lot of fun yeah. right now. You're just getting them pumped up. That's right. Dope. Right. Hell it's, yeah. it's awesome, dude. And being a rapper and in that scene kind of gives you an idea of how to work a crowd you know, in that sense and like, and really feel what people are vibing with. But I was going to say like, in terms of that, I guess, like, how do you kind of operate? Like you feed off people's energy within the crowd. Does that like then tell you what tracks to like play next then? Or like, are you, you know like, what like when I'm DJing, you mean? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. All the time. Like when I'm doing like bigger sets and stuff that I have pre-planned out, that's not necessarily the case because I have a track list of songs that I'm going to go through and mix live. Yeah. But when I'm like, like all the parties that we've had over the last, you know, like year. And like when I just go out and I do like freestyling and shit like that. Um, yeah, I'll definitely read the crowd, especially like in venues that I'm, or like groups, I guess that I'm not exactly familiar with. Yeah. Like we played at that brewery last weekend mm -hmm. and that was like more of an event style thing. Whereas like, I'm not going to pull up and play dubstep for five <laughs> hours at a brewery yeah. event, you know? <laughs> So, like, I started by, like, playing some house music, and then you catch on to the, like, remix vibe and, like, what people are feeling, and you kind of just roll with it. So, yeah, that's, I mean, uh, most of the time, you can you play good music, people are going to like it, but there right. is a certain level of energy that you can try to channel into, and I definitely try to do that when I'm DJing. That's pretty sick. Is there any, like... D or yeah, DJs or artists that you've, like, kind of, like, looked up to and, like, saw, like, um, you've been influenced by and whatnot? Skrillex. Skrillex all day dude Skrillex yeah. absolutely Skrillex is I've seen him live once but like I've really I, I've loved his music since I was a kid since I was like literally 12 years old on the bus on the way to school <laughs> there's like people listening to Bow Wow and yeah, all this like yeah. sad shit and I'm over here with call 911 now blah, 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 <laughs> in my fucking ears like but no Skrillex is so cool because he engages the crowd so much and he does it so well 
but at the same time he doesn't overdo it like there's people like some some djs you see and it's like every two or three drops they come back on the mic and they're like ready three two one and it's and like, like dude, it's like yeah dude i get old. it like i know there's a drop coming you know like <laughs> hit me with a couple of those in the show but like they just continue to talk and come over the mic but skrillex is so unique because he does the back cam thing, which I feel like people should have caught on to by now. Because I can tell you what, if I'm playing at the Armory or some big-ass venue and I got a camera behind me, I'm doing the back camera shit. He, like, hops on the DJ deck and stands on the other side of it. So he's, like, up, it's, it's like oh, upside down you. to him. Yeah, yeah. And there's a camera, and he's facing the camera. And, and he'll crowds literally, behind him? Yeah. Okay, and he'll yeah, literally yeah. DJ backwards, and oh, the camera shit. will, like, put him up on the screen. So all you see is the camera of him sitting there, like, in a squat DJ backwards and, and just like and like DJing dude. backwards is it like the decks like obviously inverted then yeah exactly so he like dude, he's standing in front impressive. of the deck <laughs> and then he would hop up on the table go around the deck to the other side squat down look straight at the back camera and then fucking dj upside down and it's like what that's insane what are you doing right now yeah. <laughs> like who's 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 done this before yeah i was i think like when i first started listening to like edm type stuff it was like uh i want to say middle school because i started snowboarding i think like eighth grade um and then that's like all i would listen to snowboarding would be like dead mouse and skrillex and stuff so like i'd just be going down the hill listening to that and like that shit just made me like super pumped um but when did you start djing then so i started this is kind of a funny story actually i so i grew up like rap music was my main influence um eventually you know once i got to that age yeah and i was making rap music i was listening to it all the time mac miller became an absolute idol and god to me and he still is to this day like but i got into djing i went to so new year's 2017 going into 2018 we went to um snoda back when snoda was still a festival in minnesota it's not a festival anymore but um, the reason we went was, and it was an EDM festival and I didn't know that. Like I'd never been to like really a rave of any sort oh, right. or like EDM show at all. You didn't know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. <laughs> like even one of my best friends growing up, Kelsey, she was my neighbor. I, we'd always smoke together and she'd always play EDM music and I would like be like, kind of like, eh, about it, you know? Yeah. But then we, we saw this lineup drop and Pulse Malone was on it. And I was like, bet, let's Wait, go see Pulse, Pulse Malone. Wait, Pulse Malone was at Snowda? Yeah. In oh, 20, no 2018. Huh. With like Gucci and some crazy shit. What but, the fuck? But I it was no mostly idea. EDM. And we got tickets both days only for Post Malone. Like that was <laughs> like literally it. I was like, I want to see Post Malone. So yeah. we bought two day tickets. We went to both days. We did a bunch of drugs with some of my really good friends. And the only fucking person that I didn't see that day was Post Malone. <laughs> 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 we ended up, because my friends that we went with, they <laughs> rave. Like they go to these EDM shows and festivals. They're about it. And so we went with them. And they're like, Post Malone didn't go on until the second night anyway. So we went on the first night. We ate some shrooms. And we were chilling. And I had, I was pretty keen on psychedelics at that point. Like, I you know, I had had my experiences. So that wasn't necessarily, like, a new experience. But we ate some shrooms. And we went. And uh, I started tripping a little bit. And we got to the first <laughs> like show. the little hand <laughs> movement you just did. Sorry, a little, little trippy trip. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we went to the first show. And I was, like, kind of like 
it was like sensory overload. Like, yeah. what the fuck's going on? I don't know this person. I don't know who's DJing. I don't know this music. I don't listen to it. Mm-hmm. And like, I was, I was there. Like, I wasn't having a bad time, but I was just kind of like there. You're just in the moment of it. Right. Yeah. And one of my friends, Abby, you know, Abby, Abby Heikas, yep. she grabbed me by the hand and she like got really close to me and she was like, you just need to like stop thinking about it just close your eyes and like dance and like feel the music and i was like okay yeah whatever like on my (laughs) shrooms like okay i'm tripping but whatever so i like backed up and i couldn't remember who it was i think i want to say it was joyride that we were seeing at the time but i don't know because i didn't know any artists at the time yeah but i did it i sat there and i closed my eyes and i kind of started to bob my head and then i just like kind of like felt my cheeks felt my cheeks start to raise and like i got all like giggly inside next thing you know i'm fucking going down headbang as hard as i can dude finally opened my eyes and abby's looking at me like yeah Yeah. my other friend kelsey was like oh my god that's so sick and then i literally just fell in love with it yeah and then that whole weekend i realized my favorite part about those shows was watching the djs yeah and I was like, I literally looked down at Jess one point, at one point, my girlfriend at the time, and I was like, I could do that. Yeah. I was like, I could totally, Dude, I could so totally do that. That's so sick. <laughs> so then we went through the whole festival, ended up seeing Excision on the ball drop, dude, for my Damn. first ever EDM festival. Are you serious? <laughs> on the second night, Excision dropped the ball at midnight. I was mind Oh my blown, God. That's, mind so, blown. that's such a good way to bring in the new year. Too. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, that was actually like my next question was like, what like made you want to kind of like be a DJ or who you kind of uh, looked at to be a DJ? So that's pretty sick though that you kind of like kind of figured out that you could do that yourself right that's yeah. pretty sick though that's um, like what that's like what it was it, it became like i kind we started going to like a couple shows and we had gone to snoda and then we went to like one show i want to say and then we started googling shit and we were like all we could find was that electric forest was the best festival ever like the greatest festival the most great genuine experience yeah and so we got tickets and we and what, went what year was this again this was 2018. Okay. So right after like New Year's yeah. and then Electric Forest was in June. And we went to that and that's where I really keyed in and I was like, because Electric Forest in one is a whole magical place. Like I could spend hours and hours talking about that place, but I really started watching the DJs and keying in on that and like the experience that each DJ brought was so unique and original to who they were. And I like could feel that energy because I've been making music my whole life, like being a rapper, writing lyrics and like seeing that response from people has like really shaped everything that I view as far as music goes. Yeah. And I started producing i bought ableton i took an ableton course at slam academy for like six months and then after that i met a dude in that academy who was already djing his name was tane one of my good homies now and he was struggling with producing and i never knew how to dj because i was never taught but he was djing already for like four years so i'd go over to his apartment for like a few months straight you know like a couple days a week and uh, we would work on some stuff on Ableton. I'd show him what I know and then he would teach me what he knows about djing and then i just kind of rolled with it dude that's sick that like me being your friend like that just makes me like super like giddy like hearing you like talk about this because like you like analyzed all the djs that you've been seeing and whatnot and like what they do well and what they do wrong and like what you can improve yourself if you did become one which obviously you are now and like that's kind of what i did with like photography too is like when i first got into it i wasn't like i obviously didn't know anything you know that's how everybody starts with what they're into but like i would like analyze other photographers and like what settings they would be on for like a certain shot you know what i mean like if it's a darker 
image, lower the shutter speed and whatnot, higher ISO, etc. But yeah, that's just that's really fucking sick, though. Yeah, dude, it's tight. Hell it's, yeah, it's tight, man. It's it's like you know, music is like my whole life at this point. So it's like you know, I might as well just cruise on with it. But yeah, no, you're saying because I've talked to you before about this. You got into photography during COVID, right? Um, or like right before? Like it was it's pretty right recent, be- isn't it? It was right before. Yeah, actually. Why? Yeah, it was right before. And like, I, I don't, I've talked about this on another podcast too. Um, shout out to people being people with Tyler Blake and Mona Lisa and Sioux Falls. But um, it was just random. Like, I think I was watching YouTube and I, like, I saw like people doing photos and I was like, I'm just going to go buy a camera. And like, meanwhile, my great grandma and grandpa, mm-hmm. uh, they've been wanting to give me like a, a film camera. It's a Canon AE1. And I just kept telling them no. I didn't want to get into photography. I was offered a photography class for my graphic design course when I graduated with that. And I just like was shutting it all down. I didn't want to be into photography at all. And um, I randomly just bought a camera one day and then just started taking photos of friends. And they really liked what they were seeing. And like they liked how I edited it. And I just stepped up to my Sony that I have now still. And then I just kept going with it and just continued. I don't know. It just makes me feel good, like making other people like seeing themselves. I was gonna say, yeah, is it yeah. that response that you get from people that yeah. really like oh, makes 100%, what you do? Yeah, I um, feel that. It's like that, and it's also me being proud of the own work that I'm making. Like I look at other photographers and like how um, popular and like. like successful they are and i'm like comparing it to like my work which like you shouldn't do for a lot of your stuff because then like some people will get like depressed oh right dude boy do i know that dude (laughs) i'm out here trying to make a bass sound and this guy's out here like recording a saxophone (laughs) yeah turning it into like a girl screaming i'm like what (laughs) but no like i i just saw their stuff and i saw my stuff i'm kind of just like you i'm like dude i could be doing that you know and i just you know put in the work and i'm still learning as much as i can every day with every shoot that i do execute and whatnot and i don't know i'm just here now and i'm really happy that i did decide to like get into it because you know maybe i wouldn't have met like you guys through it you know what i mean or just like random people that i know now right but no, I fucking love it. But um Yeah, no, that's similar. That's actually kind of similar to me like when I was making rap and performing rap, like I loved performing and I loved doing that. I love being in that spotlight and all yeah. that shit. But what really clicked for me DJing was like seeing how good of a time I can give everybody else. <laughs> Dude, that's so sick. Right? Like yeah. when I like when I was rapping, it was like I'm trying to show these people how cool I am, how good I am, that I have talent, that this is a good time and shit. Whereas when I'm like DJing, I'm like the tool of the people. I'm like, I'm looking out and everybody's having a good time. I'm yeah. like, bet. I play some goth violin shit. Hey, if you <laughs> like it, if the crowd's vibing, I'll be like, bet. Okay, I'm going to play that. I think like the whole EDM culture is just so um, just accepting and like warm fuzzy feeling you know what i mean like people just love each other and like i feel like with djs too especially they're just so proud to like see each other like succeed you know what i mean right like you and like troy our homie troy role model and like other djs and whatnot it just seems like you guys are like happy to like see each other doing well and like you guys don't obviously like wish anything like bad upon each other or like just only success you know what i mean oh dude but oh i know what you mean so strongly bro i'm telling you man if when you bounce from the hip-hop scene to the edm scene bro like if i could summarize it for you in a quick simple couple sentences when i was performing rap music if i wanted to get a decent slot a decent performance slot i had to pay for it 
and then I had to sell tickets just to make my money back. Yeah. And if I didn't sell enough tickets, which and this was is hip hop like, you're talking about. Yeah, when okay, I was rapping, yeah. I would have to buy those performance slots, those opening slots, literally pay like two, three, four hundred dollars for that shit, sell tickets to try and make my money back, which I never did. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then you like, I flip over. Oops. I flip over and I go to the EDM scene as a DJ and a producer, and it's like. You, it's like a switch, man, dude. Like it's insane. I'm getting paid yeah. for these insane slots. Like right. I'm getting paid to do a brewery show at Prize in front of like 150 people, yeah. so I can tell them all my name and my like. Right. Absolutely. I would. About, I would yeah. pay for something like that. That's my mindset at this point. Is like I would pay for that set. And then like talking to Troy and like DJing with him, mm-hmm. he would like. There was something that one day somebody was like. There's this set, this slot, blah, 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 but people have to pay for it. And Troy looked at me, he's like, never would I ever pay to perform. And I was like, <laughs> dude, like Just mind blown. Your mind. mind blown. I couldn't believe he said that. Yeah. But then like getting deeper into the scene, that's how it goes. Yeah. Like I'm not necessarily getting paid for all these shows, but and I'm that's not how it paying should... for the shows. Yeah, like, and that's how it should be. Yeah, I, mean, I absolutely like, agree. The performers agree. should be the ones getting paid. They shouldn't be the one to, you know, show people their work. You know what I mean? That's not how the world should revolve. Yeah, yeah it's <clears throat> It's crazy, bro. But like growing up in the rap scene, that's what I thought it was. Like yeah. that's literally how. Th- and the in the artist to artist competition, the same thing. Like you have EDM artists, rappers, or not rappers, EDM artists, producers, DJs. They're all putting everybody on. Yeah. Like it's like, yo, I got a show. I need a DJ. You want a slot? It's not like right. when I was like when I was rapping, I would hit people up from Minnesota and be like, "Yo, you, you're really dope. I feel like we could vibe. We can make a track." I either get no response or a "fuck you," basically, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what are we doing out here, bro? Right. I literally have more followers than you. Yeah, you making a song with me would probably benefit you more than me. Right. Like, what yeah. are we like? So you try. I try to create that partnership in the scene, but it's really not there. Like, yeah. there's different groups like that really kind of are better at that like i will say water wave shout out to water wave tv fucking jake giller holding down the floor and all yeah, those other dope. boys out there shout out to them yeah you guys you guys and, and they were always accepting too that was the thing jake giller was one of the dudes i could hit up and be like yo i got this track i think it would be dope if you hopped on it or like i think it should be dope if we make something and he'd yeah. be like bet send it to me that's i actually sick. have some unreleased shit on my phone with jake giller in it oh that's dope. but like that was a rare scene and, mm. like, even they kind of, like, clicked up and became this group, not out of spite for anybody else, but more to protect themselves. Right. Like, they, they like, became this, this like, group and, like, community of people that they could rely on. Yeah. Because you couldn't rely on anybody else out there. And, and people would make you think that you could, but it was it was just dangerous there's, out there, bro. Yeah, they're super dope. Um, What's, like, I mean, you, how many shows have you done so far, EDM-wise? Uh, I've done two, so I did Prize Brewery. Or I thought three. Yeah, if you I count Hive, it's three. three. Yeah, 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 I did Prize, and then I did that back-to-back set with Troy. And you, you did like I guess I don't know if you want to consider this, but like the Hope at Hideaway, like set that. You oh did. yeah, the Open Deck. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. yeah Jack was, Trash pulled up to that. Dude, dude. that was. I'll sick. count that as a show. Yeah, all I was day. gonna say you gotta <laughs> count that. Jack Trash, the owner of Sim what? Shows, pulled up on his bicycle, and I was going nuts in my head, dude. I was <laughs> like trying to contain myself while I'm not fangirl. I was yeah. like, holy shit, he's watching me DJ. And I'm like taking pictures of him while like looking at. You, <laughs> but um, what's like what's like the most memorable event or show that you've done so far? I know you only have done like a few, but like already, like what's just the most memorable for you? I would say, if we're talking like actual events, it's gonna be the prize show because that was my first show, and I can believe. Yeah. 
not only how many people were there for like me, but like how many just people were there that I yep. didn't know, that and like so how sick. much they actually vibed with yeah. me while I was DJing. Your costume was dope too, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, Bob Ross, dude. People <laughs> yeah. loved that. I remember DJing right before a drop, and some random girl from the crowd was like, "Yeah, Bob Ross." <laughs> Bro, you kept your your fucking uh your paint sticks kept falling everywhere, <laughs> and like we're trying to like reach through the gate to like grab them, and we're like tossing them to you. That shit was so fucking. Yeah, funny. somebody tossed me a money toss. I I don't remember who it was, but it was straight money throw. She looked at me dead in the eyes, and I looked back at her, and she just boom, paintbrush. Dude, right to I the remember hand. her because I grabbed it, and she's like, "Can I have that?" And I was like, "It's his." And she's go, she goes, "I know, I'm gonna give it to him, bro." And I was like, "Here you go." Should have told her to do it after the show. Was she cute? <laughs> Come on, true, bro. True. You gotta backpack the boys a little bit, Brock. <laughs> um, no, that shit was dope. But outside of like real events, I'd say my most memorable was New Year's. New Year's? For sure. Okay. For sure. Because yeah. that was like the birth of everything. Dude. True. Like I had yeah. been DJing and producing for a little bit before that, but like that group that we put together. That... Are you talking about the cabin that I met yeah. you guys? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That no, was that... like such a life-changing experience for dude, me. Dude, for me also. I mean, because like I didn't go to like any EDM show. I mean, of course, I've been like listening to it and whatnot, but I haven't actually went to a show at that time. First show that I went to was Zed's Dead here. That was my first show. And was it your first show too or no? No, or did I was you AJ's go... first show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, like the New Year's thing, I'd say like that essentially was the first. Um, That's what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> with AJ like, too. Okay. Oh, I got <laughs> so you. So that was your first show too. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. No, that shit was sick. Just to like see and like meet all you guys and like not essentially like um be a part of that scene yet but like kind of enter into it at that time that was just so sick and like seeing you guys perform and like showing love to you guys and like that was like kind of basically the first concert photography that i like tried to do there it was super dark and i didn't really know like quite what to do and like handle the light and whatnot but yeah the rave vibes yeah <laughs> you gotta get that rave bro, lighting bro, we <laughs> when our group got there we came in that bitch freezing and like we had all of our luggage just like in our hands and on our backs and we just walk into and like all you guys are like just doing this and nobody's looking at us because you guys oh are just God. having such a good time and we're just like looking around and we like me abe sam and beto like just look at each other and we're just like what the fuck's going on because like none of us have Kitchen like experienced that yet and we're like what the fuck and then they're like your room's over there brock you're over there and i'm like okay and like i put on like some swim trunks when it's like snowing outside and i'm like in there just like fucking going hard with you guys <laughs> it was so sick dude that was that was you and you guys came into it so well because like we had really built a community around just like yeah like it doesn't matter who's here like just be kind yeah that's exactly. what that's what stems from the edm community is just like everybody has their shit you know so like we're all here yep. to get over that shit right now yep, so and let's just have just a do good it together. time yeah and so like that was the cool thing is like especially because that wasn't necessarily your guys's like scene or like culture so to speak yeah, yeah. you know in I quotes because we were used to just edm or not eat <laughs> we're just used to <laughs> edm used shows to raving, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no but we were just used to like hip-hop stuff you know kind of like you like we were just used to like going to like sound set and like just going to hip-hop shows literally only that's the only thing we would do right. and like we came into it and we're just like damn this is like really fucking cool and yeah it was just dope but i was gonna ask you like what's 
What's like sub like one subgenre that's uh, doesn't really get like the spotlight that it deserves in the EDM um, genre as a whole? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, ooh, that's tough, dude. I would say like. <laughs> Uh, earlier in this year i would say like that experimental bass like that that yeah. shit that like you play in your car and you literally okay. like what <laughs> like what yeah <laughs> um i think a little bit of polyrhythm i'm not necessarily a fan of polyrhythm but i know people are and you probably have no idea what that is and i would try to explain no, it to you but i would probably explain it wrong so i'm not gonna do You're that good. but no there's like it's like this experimental version of bass that it's like a slower tempo okay so that's why it's it's kind of like less of a popular subgenre, I guess you could say, because people go to shows for that high energy shit. Whereas this is a little lower energy, but as low energy as it is, it's insane. Yeah. Because these people like that make this experimental bass, their goal in making music is to like literally confuse your brain. <laughs> like I'm not even like they want you to that's listen so, to it so and like cool, they don't want the you to dance. Time. Like they yeah. want you to just stand there and be like, what the fuck like, what is the fuck? going on? <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> But Excision, a bigger dubstep artist, he started a label earlier this year called Subsidia. Oh, I didn't you, know. You might have heard of. But uh -huh. yeah, he started a label called Subsidia and took on like 150 artists, dude. And like a lot of them were like like people like me, bro, like small town yeah. artists with like a thousand followers on Instagram and like are just getting into the scene. So that What's, was really cool. Who's um who's his prodigy again? I'm trying I'm blanking on his name. He was just at he was at Skyway not too long ago. I just saw him. Um, Excision's prodigy? Yeah. Probably you might be talking about Wooly. No, fuck. Who is it? It's gonna drive me crazy. Anyway, <laughs> AJ is going yeah, Wooly's hard. nuts, dude. Yeah, Wooly is AJ, crazy. AJ loves Wooly. I get a lot of I get a lot of TikToks from him. Um, AJ's so funny because he gets he got into dubstep like earlier. Like he's he's out. He was like me listening to Skrillex and shit growing up. But like, <laughs> it'll be so funny in the car driving straight face with his wrist up on the wheel, max volume dubstep going on in the background while he just watches the road. <laughs> I'm like, dude, are you are you okay? He's like, yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what? <laughs> fucking going on in the speakers <laughs> dude fuck that's gonna bother the shit out of me i was gonna say who is his prodigy dude zomboy no. kailachi he is sullivan he, king he has long hair it's sullivan king no no it's not sullivan king he's super <laughs> young he's like our age or younger sullivan king <laughs> um what else did i have long for you, space dude? jesus <laughs> you want me to name so, all the long hair ones because i got them all king goes hard and i i fucking hate dude, that sully's I, a god i hate that i miss sudden death here i really wanted to see sudden death um one thing that i was going to mention too uh this could probably be like the last question that we have uh before we wrap this up but uh what's like one thing that bothers you being a dj Besides song requests, <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew that was <laughs> I knew that was going to be the first thing. So if that's the one thing that you have, then oh, I guess well, I don't know, no, because all. you don't really see song requests with like actual sets. You know, yeah, like yeah. when we're doing EDM sets in the venue, just shit. up there screaming in your stage. ear, "Play Old Town Road!" <laughs> <laughs> like no, <laughs> no. But I would say number one thing that bothers me about being a DJ believe it or not, is actually myself because I'm so, 
I key in on myself so strong and I'll like break something down hard. like for an, for example I'll be DJing and like say I fuck up like two or three times like yeah. everybody's like yo you did great dude that was, that was so much fun oh my god I had but such a good time but in your head you're just like you fucking yeah. idiot <laughs> I'll go up to Troy and he'll be like dude that was sick and I'll be like, yeah, I fucked up twice. And he's like, dude, nobody could hear it. What are you talking yeah. about? Like, literally nobody that's, can hear that That's shit. what I was going to say. A lot of people, I mean, like myself, wouldn't even fucking notice. But to me, like, that shit's just, like, fucking sick. Just watching you up there, like, you obviously being my friend and, like, you doing your thing and, like, me seeing you happy and, like, making the crowd go wild. Like, that shit feels good. But, like, yeah, we people in the crowd don't really even notice. I mean, like, unless you're, like, a DJ and you're, like, nitpicky and all that, they people wouldn't even see that you know exactly yeah and me being a dj too i'll be at shows and even i'll hear something yeah yeah i'll lean over like ah oh, he fucked up but it was fire yeah though. i dude <laughs> like, you've, done that, you've done that with me and i was like <laughs> i didn't hear it but okay <laughs> like, he fucked up but he figured it out yeah. okay here we are fuck yeah dude well <laughs> no, but that and then um i was gonna say oh like being like this is more of an early on thing too but like being a dj early on i've had to like I mainly like I want to play dubstep trap kind of that harder shit. There's I want to be eventually in my life where like you have no idea what I'm gonna play when you go to my show. Like yeah, it could be house, future bass, it could be everything. But starting out right now, the one thing that bothers me is I have to take gigs that I'm not necessarily geared towards. Not even really geared towards, but like want in a way. Okay, and I, I, I say you. that softly because I want the gigs. Like I want right. these house music gigs and all that shit because I love it. Mm -hmm. I have a great time. It's amazing. But I want to get to that point where it's like, I'm a, okay, I'm, I'm a dubs. Like I play hard shit, you yeah. know? So I want some of those hard shows. So like having to accept some of those early on shows and go play like tech house and stuff, which like I said, I love, I love doing it and I will never not. I could DJ gospel music and I'd have a hell of a time, bro. <laughs> yeah. But like, I just like want to get to that point and it's kind of starting to eat away at me. So I've been grinding a little harder at it. I and can try to make it happen. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, damn, man. Yeah. I really enjoyed having you here. Um, is there anything that you kind of like want to plug? Like you're social soundcloud literally anything like if there's any projects you're working on like lay it all down bet yes i would love to you can follow me on instagram at orange soda that's o-r-n-g-e-s-o-t-a and you can follow me on tiktok at orange sunkist that's o-r-n-g-e-s-u-n-k-i-s-t <laughs> And that's all I got for you right now because I got banned from Twitter. <laughs> Fuck Twitter. <laughs> I didn't know that. But um, no, yeah. And my socials are all at Is That Brock. Make sure you follow me for updates with the podcast and everything. I really enjoyed having you on, dude. And I really hope that you can come on for another one. Thanks, man. Yeah, dude, I had a good time. I like talking about this shit. So also, if you see me on Tinder, swipe right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> see you later.